0: The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Well, I'm a product of a small town, a small high school, small community. And even though I moved to Columbus uh, as I began my professional life, I always kind of felt like Columbus was just a really big small town. In fact, I've referred to Columbus before as the biggest small town in America, and we see evidence of the good things that often happen in a small town, uh, in other small towns around Columbus, the big walnut community, embracing the 11-year-old boy who was tragically injured in an accident at a homecoming parade on Friday, and then beyond Our state border, just beyond it, in Indiana, in Richmond, uh, the citizens are still showing how much they love Officer Sierra Burton, who lost her life in the line of duty. We'll tell you about all of that and, of course, update you on the latest crime goings on in Columbus. And, oh, look at this. Look at this. Amazingly, Tim Ryan is saying one thing and doing another. Your Democratic candidate for senator in the state of Ohio Uh, who has been dubbed uh, Taxing Tim Ryan. I have dubbed him Lying Tim Ryan. I have also dubbed him 2 faced Tim Ryan. And you will see evidence of that today here on The Bruce Hooley Show. Thanks for joining us on a Thursday. The Answer Network extends uh, into western Ohio via our uh, affiliate 94.5 in Dayton. Central Ohio is our home. 98.9 The Answer. We appreciate your time very, very much. The prayer vigil last night for Kenny Zedeker. In the Big Walnut School District, uh, very well attended at City North Church in Sunbury. Uh, He is preparing for yet another surgery at Nationwide Children's Hospital. Uh, Among his injuries, a fractured pelvis. So the GoFundMe page has raised uh, $88,000 for his family, their medical expenses. And his mother said last night that Kenny has a very long road ahead of him. But we're all here to support him and to be there for him He is so brave. Uh, No doubt about that. Uh, No 11-year-old should have to go through that. But thankfully, Kennedy Zedeker did not lose his life in that accident on Friday night. It was uh, unfortunately the case that Richmond police officer Sierra Burton lost her life when she was shot by a guy in possession, for all intents and purposes, of drugs, a drug-sniffing dog, Sierra Burton's canine officer, sniffed drugs, Uh, In or on the man or the man's moped that he was operating when Richmond police officers pulled him over. Um, She was shot when he surprisingly pulled out a gun that the officers were not expecting. She was shot in the head. She died. And in one week, WHIO-TV and Dayton reports Richmond Businesses, in conjunction with Warm Glow Candle Company, has raised $25,000. From selling handmade candles that offer uh, that uh, that honor rather, her memory. Now they will be donating that money to the Richmond Police Department's K-9 unit, which of course would have been a cause near and dear to Sierra Burton's heart. Uh, they also in Richmond have been inundating the yards there with yard signs expressing their uh, gratitude to Officer, Burden, uh, Officer uh, Burton. Officer Burton for paying the ultimate sacrifice they now are asking for those yard signs to be returned so that they can recycle them and form them into a mural for the police department and for burton's family so we spend a lot of time on this show talking about all the horrible bad things that are going on in our culture and they are going on and they are still going on and we have to stand up against them and fight against them but there are also as i've said before Many good people out there, and in fact, I believe strongly that the good people outnumber the bad people. It's just that the bad people are really, really bad, and that we have fallen into an era where the bad people are in charge of most of the major institutions in our country. They lead our government. They lead our media. They lead our entertainment industry. They populate our corporate world so that our kids are constantly being bombarded with things that are bad for them on their phones, in their schools, in the movies they watch, and the music they listen to. That's why parents need to be ever vigilant and to muster courage that it's hard to find sometimes when you fear that you will be the next victim of cancel culture and name-calling culture and all of that. Uh also, our kids are fighting an era or in an era where uh, wherever they go is likely not to be safe because we have crime escalating in all of our major cities. That is very evident here in Columbus. One of the two guys who was shot Tuesday night on the south side has died. Another young black person, 25 years or younger, dead in our city. The bodies continue to pile up. Unfortunately for Deshaun Simmington. He wasn't shot by a police officer. So none of the activists locally will care one little bit about his life. Not one bit at all. By the way, speaking of young black men shot by a police officer, uh, I have a little bit of context on uh, why police might have been so on edge when they served the warrant on Donovan Lewis and Donovan Lewis didn't come out of his apartment and when the door was pushed open because he wouldn't open it after 10 minutes of banging on his door and a few more minutes of a canine uh, German Shepherd uh, barking in his apartment, he was shot when he started to get out of bed and they saw something in his right hand, presumed it was a weapon. They were serving a warrant for felony mishandling of a firearm. There will not be an indictment of any police officer in the shooting death of 43-year-old Andrew Teague, who was shot and killed in a gun battle with officers, you remember, on I-270 in broad daylight on the east side, March of 2021. This guy was, oh, look at this, wanted on a felonious assault warrant. So we all let that slip out of our mind, right? Oh, yeah, did you hear about the guy on the east side driving his car, broad daylight, turns, goes the wrong way on the interstate, cops get him, Hemmed in, he gets out of his car shooting. Trust me on this, cops don't forget instances like that. Donovan Lewis, the warrant they're serving on him, extremely similar to the warrant they were serving on Andrew Teague when Andrew Teague wigged out and thought he could get out of it in a blaze of glory. Instead, he went out in a blaze, but not of glory. So the officers in that case, Franklin County sheriffs, have been exonerated as They should have been. There is no exoneration or excuse for Franklin County Common Pleas Court Judge Carl Avini. There is a law in the state of Ohio. I said a law in the state of Ohio. You know how laws happen? A bill is proposed in the House or Senate. It gets a first reading, a second reading, a third reading. It is debated. It goes to the other Chamber of the Ohio General Assembly, both chambers vote on it. It gets passed, it goes to the governor's desk, the governor signs it into law. And then when it's a law, you and I have to do what it says. And if we don't do what it says, then we are held accountable for not doing what it says. But if you're Judge Carl Avini, well, you're above the law. He sentenced a 17-year-old... No, excuse me, I don't know what this... Uh, a 21-year-old. No, I'm sorry. I don't know what this kid's age is. It's not listed. A person by the name of Little Amir K. Little, who shot and killed a 17-year-old. A 17-year-old. Now, there's a law in Ohio called the Reagan-Tokes Act. Do you remember Reagan-Tokes? I remember Reagan-Tokes. Reagan-Tokes was an Ohio State student. She was working at a restaurant or bar. She walked out of the restaurant or bar after her shift. She went to her car. She was kidnapped at her car at gunpoint by a dirt bag, who assaulted her and murdered her. And out of her very tragic, very senseless death grew the Reagan-Tokes act. And the Reagan-Tokes Act requires, what's that word mean, Bruce? Requires. It means you have to do it. Requires judges to give an indefinite sentence instead of a definite sentence, meaning there's no expiration date on the sentence. The prison system in the state of Ohio, the Ohio Department of Rehabilitation and Correction, monitors the inmates' behavior when they go into prison for killing someone. And if you are a model prisoner and you get rehabilitated and they think you're rehabilitated, your sentence is shorter. And if they sense no effort to be rehabilitated, no remorse, no growth, no maturity, then your sentence gets longer. It is a law. But not in Judge Carl Avini's courtroom, it is not. Because he says the court declines to issue an indefinite sentence, indeterminate sentence having concluded that the indeterminate sentencing structure of the Reagan-Tokes Act is unconstitutional. Oh, did that come down from the Ohio Supreme Court? No, it did not. No. Did it come down from the General Assembly? Did they send out a memo that, hey, you know, we're sorry we screwed up making that a law. It's actually unconstitutional. No. You know where it's unconstitutional? It's unconstitutional in the mind of Judge Carl Vini. That's where... He's a judge in Franklin County. Oh, I'm sorry. He's not a judge. He's the king of Franklin County. He's the king of his own little fiefdom. He can ignore a requirement under Ohio law, and he can spit on the memory of Reagan-Tokes. I will place on the Bruce Hooley Show Facebook page uh, the contact information for uh, Judge Carl Avini so that those of you who think that a judge in Franklin County Common Pleas Court ought to respect the law, you know, I mean, he's a judge, right, went to law school, would think he would have a respect for the law, Uh, but apparently he does not because he is ignoring the mandatory sentencing in the law. Oh, did I say mandatory sentencing in the law that honors the memory of Reagan Tokes, the Ohio State student who was kidnapped, assaulted, and murdered. But Carl Levine thinks it's unconstitutional to do that, so he's not doing it. So I will post his contact information on social media, and you can call and leave a very civil but very firm message about what. A lawless person, Carl Lavini, is yes. Producer Pam, can I ask a question? Yeah. How does it say how old the uh, suspect is in this example that he's choosing not to? It um, does not. I, I was looking for that. The only reason I ask, and and you've already established that this is a a regular judge versus a juvenile judge. Yep. So, but I wondered if the person was like. 17 and a half or 17 and three quarters maybe he was trying to show some little bit of mercy on a set of circumstances because the person is young I don't know and I I'm just playing devil's advocate yeah his victim is a 17 year old okay in an altercation I mean you can theoretically sure. become involved in an altercation with a 17 year old no matter what your age is right but I would presume that he is rather young himself probably uh he, oh here's the here's the age okay. he's 20. Okay, well then, the age he's thing 20. shouldn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's an adult. I just wondered if he, if that might be the theory, but never unfortunately, mind. he's the only yeah. adult in this conversation about Avini, the yeah, judge, exactly. and the murderer. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of someone who is not an adult, he's an immature grifter, Tim Ryan, the Democratic candidate for senator. Now, I have heard, to my great consternation, people who are not politically savvy say, you know. I'm impressed with Tim Ryan. I really like him based on his TV commercials. Yikes. Never allow any politician, not J.D. Vance, not Tim Ryan, not anybody, to define themselves on their TV commercials, okay? Do a little research. And if you do any research on Tim Ryan, you will find that he voted with Donald Trump, who he touts as sharing a political viewpoint with in his television commercials. Tim Ryan voted with Donald Trump less than, far less than, the typical Democratic congressman voted with Donald Trump. And Ryan was in Congress, of course, for all four years of Trump's presidency because Tim Ryan has been in Congress for the last two decades. And it gets really tedious running for reelection every other year. So now Tim Ryan, because his district has been eliminated and he can't continue his grift in the United States Congress, he is... Uh, going well in the United States House, he's the U.S. House of Representatives, he's going to try to run for Senate, so he only has to run for reelection once every six years. And he's pulled in a scad of money. Tim Ryan has raised to get elected and reelected, re-elected, reelected on and on and on and on and on in his political career fifty million dollars. Fifty million he has raised $17 million to run for Senate. And guess where some of that money came from? It came from three healthcare companies, Bergen, McKesson, and oh, Cardinal Health. Funny, I drive by the headquarters of Cardinal Health in Dublin every day, an Ohio firm. Cardinal Health is one of the three biggest drug distribution companies in the U.S. The other two are Bergen and McKesson. So guess who's in bed with Big Pharma? Tim Ryan. And you say, hold up. Can't be, Bruce. I've seen Tim Ryan blow up J.D. Vance for some kind of charity that Tim Ryan's TV commercials say did nothing to help the opioid crisis. Surely Tim Ryan is not lying to me in his television commercials. Well, I know, shocker, that Ryan, Two-Face Tim, Lion Tim Ryan, would not tell you the truth in his television commercials. It's funny what people will do when they're desperate to keep their government grift. Tim Ryan, was reported yesterday throughout the country by the Associated Press, first picked up everywhere, that he's received $27,000 in campaign contributions from those three big pharma companies. Now, his... Campaign says, well, $27,000. It's just like a fraction of a percent of the money that he has brought in. So let me ask you a question. If I gave you your favorite icy cold beverage, whatever it is, can be alcoholic, can be non-alcoholic, could be water. You're thirsty. I give you a nice icy cold beverage. And I drop into it just a teensy-weensy little bit of Drano. Would you drink it and say, it's just a little bit. I probably won't even feel it. It has nothing to do with the integrity of my health being able to process it. Or would you say, oh, uh, I, I doubt your motives, Bruce, in wanting to refresh my thirst with something that is tainted with something that shouldn't be in there. If you're going to bang on J.D. Vance, which is ludicrous anyway because Vance grew up in a home torn by the opioid crisis, wrote a book all about it. I think it's pretty ludicrous to criticize J.D. Vance for being, oh, what's at the root of that accusation? Inauthenticity. Tim Ryan's commercials are saying J.D. Vance is not being honest with you about the opioid crisis. While Tim Ryan is paying for those ads with some of the money that he received from drug companies that paid a $21 billion settlement for their role in the opioid crisis. Very, very interesting. Yes, I think so. I think so. J.D. Vance, how much money did he get from McKesson and Bergen and Cardinal? Well, it's a nice round number. Zero. Zero. Funny, isn't it? J.D. Vance, the guy who supposedly is bilking you or at least lying to you about his concern for the opioid crisis... Instead, it's Tim Ryan who's taking the money. Now, another interesting thing. Tim Ryan, when in Congress, the Associated Press reports, opposed several measures aimed at addressing opioid enforcement and addiction, including funding packages aimed at providing medical care to address the problem and legislation intended to crack down on illegal fentanyl trafficking. Well, isn't that interesting? Wow! It seems like, as Paul Harvey used to say, there's a rest of the story. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.